Hey guys, joining me in studio today is Mike Herman. He is the owner of Retrosoft Studios, um, and they're developing a game called Retromania Wrestling. Uh, this is a sequel to the WWF WrestleFest arcade game. Yeah, we're going to talk about the story mode of the game, the gimmick matches, the wrestlers, the move sets. And then we talked about our favorite wrestling matches and our Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. So join me for the next 45 minutes while I talk to Mike. You're listening to Power Gauntlet. Power Gauntlet. The podcast dedicated to nerd culture. Hosted by Steve Papa. If you're looking for copious amounts of stupidity sprinkled with clever banter while discussing everything from video games to Star Wars, well... This is the show for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Power Gauntlet. Hey, so I met you at PAX East. My buddies came up to me. We had a booth. Uh, my buddy said, hey, you have to go check out this wrestling game they have going on. Because we were talking about it at dinner one time. And I was just like, oh, we should make a wrestling game. We can make your own wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh. There's a guy over there that has the same game. <laughs> he took our idea. And I go, all right, well, let me go check this out. Let me go walk over there. Yeah, I saw your game, and it, it, it looks great. I played it. Played very well. Let me actually let me just get the floor to you here. So how what made you want to start making this game and actually found Retrosoft Studios? So about, I don't know, this is Dayton. Uh, around, I would say, 2011. I think I've given different answers to this, but it's roughly that early, early 2011 ish uh time frame maybe 2010 uh, i decided i was gonna i wanted to add macho man to WrestleFest. okay so i looked at like hacking roms and stuff like that because no one there's a, some big hacking rom scenes elsewhere uh in other games but nothing really for WrestleFest. and there was a reason i guess because the, the the way that game was or the board it was on made it difficult so i decided as a hobby just as a hobby i was going to try to kind of reverse engineer the engine and write it from scratch, but try to keep it as, as faithful to the original WrestleFest as I could. Um, and I would pick it up for a little bit and then put it down for a couple months and I didn't really make much progress. And then eventually THQ said they were coming out with WWE WrestleFest for the iPad. So I got excited. I'm like, Oh, maybe someone's finally going to do this. Um, but it came out, and I wasn't thrilled with it. Um, I didn't really like it. It's tough to play a game like that on uh, touchscreen, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't find it a lot of games like that on mobile to be good. You know, right, it's really hard right. to make a good mobile game. So, um, you know, it, it came and kind of went, and nothing really happened, and I was disappointed. Eventually, I decided, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot, but I'm going to do it commercially. Because I, I, since I spent a couple months just doing research, on what it was going to take to actually do this the right way and get it done in a reasonable time frame uh, and how much it would cost. Because one of the things was, you know, licensing, artwork costs. Now, my background software engineering, but that's all business accounting, finance stuff. So I really had no game development experience uh, outside of like hobby type stuff. So I spent some time researching it to see if I could do it and, and not lose money was really what I went into it with um you know i'm honestly i hope to make some money out of this and i think we can we're doing we're doing it right we're taking our time uh we're super passionate about the project so i think that'll even though money's not the motivating factor we're hoping it'll do well and people will really like it 
everyone on your team wrestling fans for the most part? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> they're, just, <laughs> they're just like, yeah. So it's mostly me and one other guy are huge wrestling fans, huge WrestleFest fans. Um, so, but everyone else is really uh, just passionate about the project because they like being a part of like, so we started marketing this February of, of 2019. Just this, you know, we wanted to slow build, try to get the word out. Because we knew once the game was done, we needed people to market too, you mm-hmm. know. And at the time, back a year, a year or so ago, we had nobody really following it. And now we're we're approaching like fifty five thousand followers across all of our social media. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, so we're getting the word out there. Uh, but me, myself, and a gentleman from Australia, uh, his name's Wade. Him and I though are like the super geek WrestleFest <laughs> fans. So you know, the, it's funny though the lead programmer. Didn't know he know he obviously knew what wrestling was, but he never really watched it or followed it. So the first probably six months when we started this was just I had to have him play some wrestling games and just teach him what wrestling was. Now he's fully up to speed, but at the time he wasn't. Yeah, so that's actually pretty funny <laughs> like, to have uh, a whole team yeah. that's like, eh, we're we're all right with wrestling, but now. Right. Let's make this again. I was gonna say so. This is actually a sequel to WrestleFest. This is not like a spiritual yeah. successor because that's how it started, correct? Yeah. So it started as a spiritual successor, and um, I I wanted it to be the official sequel. I you know I'm I read all the comments, and I don't know. I've heard some people say you should never read any of them, and other people say yeah, read them. But you know, someone was accused of being a hack, and we were stealing. We were stealing. We stole the source code. We somehow went to Japan. <laughs> Track down a bankrupt company source code and are uh, basically putting it on as our own, you know, and it bothered for some reason. It really bothered me. And I tried to be like reason with the guy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be. And it was almost like I had a spite. I'm going to show him we're the official uh, sequel and we're doing this with the people who own the IP approval you know now that wasn't really the only reason i always wanted to do that i was already before even that comment i was trying to get a hold of the people who own the ip but i think you know from a from a pure marketing standpoint i thought it was a good thing to have we can use that logo that wrestlefest logo Mm -hmm. on some promote on promotional material and really it's and the other reason it was important to me was i really loved those technos of japan wrestling games it started there was one, I think it was only in Japan, but it was called The Big Pro Wrestling. It came over to the U.S. as tag team wrestling. Um, and even though it wasn't good, I really liked it. And then they made Matt Mania, um, which I really liked as a kid. And then they made WWF Superstars, and then they made WWF WrestleFest, which was my favorite game growing up as a kid yeah. in the arcades. I just loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. So, you know, I wanted that. I wanted to, you know, make those developers proud you know, of carrying on what they started. And really the 2D wrestling genre didn't go much further past WrestleFest. You know, you had the home console versions, but once you got to the PlayStation, I guess in 95, uh, it was all 3D from there on out, except Fire Pro, obviously. And, you know, I'm a big Fire Pro fan myself, but, you know, most of the other games were all went the 3D route. So I was waiting for another 2D arcade game. And, you know, our, Fire Pro, as good as it is, is not really an arcade game. And that's really what I was craving. So how did that whole process work to actually get the uh, the approval from the original developers? Did you like did you have to write to them and say, hey, I want to do this? And that was that or. Yeah. So I what I did is I went on LinkedIn 
and just randomly messaged anyone who worked for Arc System. Once I tracked down that Arc owned the property, um, which you know wasn't that wasn't super hard because uh, you could trace. There was enough coverage of it of you know Technos going bankrupt, who bought their assets in bankruptcy, which was another company in Japan that eventually sold them to Arc. So I knew Arc System Works owned it. I found it on their we- on a Japanese-only website that they said they owned all the Technos IP, and WrestleFest was listed there. So then I ra- I just I just started messaging people on LinkedIn. <laughs> just spam then, attack everybody. Yeah, and no one no one responded, and I did it again. And then the third time, I finally got someone who didn't. E- by the time I sent the third message, she didn't even work there anymore. Oh wow. Um, but she got me in contact with who I needed to talk to. And then we negotiated for, you know, several months. And then I eventually we got the map mania IP license. And then we got the, basically the approval to call ourselves the, the official sequel to WrestleFest. So this game was in development still while you guys were negotiating and everything, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we initially were the spiritual successor. So in this is, so this game is going to be very arcade inspired and it's going to have a story too yes yeah so there is a story mode in it and it is basically uh you play as johnny retro um who is coming off of an injury and you will progress through a multi-arc story it's not like skyrim so it's not you know it's not this huge super complex story that you got to work through but it has enough where there are multiple paths to the ending okay um you know so it's nothing crazy but it's just it's a nice little i think it's a really good story written by uh, a professor out of the university of saint paul in minnesota uh wrote the story he sent me a short story like just when he started following us that he had written about wrestling and i loved it and i'm like you want to write our store a story for this game mm-hmm. so um you know it's it's a text-driven story kind of like a, one of those old choose your own adventure books okay is he did where you, you'll have to make a decision and then it'll branch off from there did you give him a bunch of wrestling promos to watch and say hey here's your material to go off of or was he no, a, he was a huge wrestling fan already. Oh, okay that's awesome that's, yeah i didn't i gave him basically no direction i said make johnny retro the star and uh just try to feature and at the time we didn't even have all the wrestlers signed yet so we've had to do a couple revisions to work people into the story um, but he basically ran with it, you know, and I, it came out really well. So with this whole thing, like when you get new wrestlers to come in and, and do that stuff, how does that licensing work to like sign them? Cause I saw the blue mini at, uh, at PAX and, uh, by the way, that guy's a giant. Um, yeah. I, so like I, giant. I consider myself like a big guy and then he put his arm around me and I was just like, Oh my God. This guy is huge. So, like, how do you get, like, how do you negotiate with them? Is it just, like, uh, just their team and you're like, hey, I want to have you guys in this game? Like, some of them volunteer or what's, like, the whole process on getting people like that? Yeah, so I'll say each one has a different story. So there's no follow these steps to sign a wrestler for your video game book. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So – the first guys we signed were the well was uh, I got a hold of Road Warrior Animal uh, through a booking agent that you know a lot of these guys will allow multiple booking agents to book them. Okay. So a lot of these guys will have their own websites, and a booking agent may re- this you know the same talent may be represented by six different booking agents. So that's how we got Animal. He happened to own the rights to both him and Hawk. 
So we dealt with um, through this booking agent for him. But for like Tommy Dreamer, another gentleman who is working with me on this, you know, I said the programmers are, but I do have a bunch of guys who are really passionate about wrestling and video games. He worked, his name is Mike Archer. He used to work for Acclaim Entertainment when that was a company. Mm -hmm. And then he worked for WWE for like 13 years. Oh, wow. So he actually went to wrestling school with Tommy Dreamer um, back in the day. He dropped out and I went back to school. But, um, you know, Tommy obviously stuck with it. But he he remained in contact with Tommy throughout the years. So and I guess through working with WWE, he dealt with him again there. So Mike was friends with Tommy. So he got us in touch. We were able to Tommy's super easy to deal with. Uh, really nice guy. So we signed him real quickly. He knew John uh, Hannigan, a.k.a. Johnny Retro, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Impact. The <laughs> list goes on and on. So he got us in touch with him. Again, John was uh, real easy to work with. Um, you know, some guys, I just went on their Twitter account and DA sent him a DM. You know, like Zack Sabre Jr. called me from a, a hotel in Japan when he was over there. And we worked something out. I told him about the project. And he was interested. You know, a couple of the guys had representation that we went through. Meany was super easy to deal with. I got a his I got his cell phone number from a friend of a friend. Mm -hmm. Then he got us in contact with Stevie, who's another great guy, and and Nova as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So each one's been a little bit different. <laughs> a unique experience either way is that yeah. how you got all the uh the wrestling promotions there because you have what house of um I'm trying to think of the top of my head was house that? of hardcore is tommy's uh promotion and then yeah the nwa um again uh, mike archer had a previous relationship with dave lagana who is uh i guess the vice president over there oh nice and um so yeah he got us in there they were pretty easy to deal with as well and then you guys are doing like this, um, I saw on your guys' website or something, might have been on your social media, where you're doing like this March Madness bracket thing. of Yeah, so that concluded. Um, but yeah, we did a, so we solicited our fan base um, for uh, nominations of independent wrestlers that they'd like to see in the game. And we got about 150 guys were nominated. So my uh, my other, the guy who runs our social media stuff, you know, I'm involved on it as well, but he does the day-to-day -day stuff. He's like a super wrestling geek. Um, <laughs> like he, he's, I mean, it's great. You can tell if you follow our Twitter, like he, we, we do post stuff about the game, but most of it's just wrestling and video game stuff. Yeah. Just interesting stuff to keep people interested. We're not constantly just pushing the game, you know, but uh, like he has a poster where he has almost everybody that participated in WrestleMania three is signed. That's awesome. It's awesome. But, um, but anyway, I went off on a tangent and I forget what you asked me. <laughs> I was talking about the indie wrestler, March Madness. The indie wrestlers, thank yeah. you. All right, sorry about that. So <laughs> anyway, he so he narrowed it down to 32 people. And we put them in graphic, uh, brackets based on what we gauged the popularity just by our uh, people who emailed us, you know, who got so many rec uh, uh, recommendation. So we whittled it down to 32 and then we did a kind of a social media tournament and we had each round was a different like uh thing. Like one was a promo. One was just uh an eight by 10 shot. I think that was the first round. And eventually the winner was Warhorse, who, if you don't know Warhorse, check him out online. Um, very cool look, kind of a hard metal ultimate warrior ish kind of vibe going on. Um, 
but and he's doing some really good stuff in this whole pandemic that we're going through where he is uh he got a a gig doing a, a soft rock uh, dj on a, <laughs> at a radio station so it's pretty funny that's but, awesome yeah so he won uh indie mania so and we just had a really great response from that we got a ton of followers out of it just because all the guys who participated were tweeting it out and putting it on their Facebook and Instagram, so our really our goal going in was obviously was marketing for ourselves. I, you know, I would love to say it was all about the indie wrestlers, but I'll you know we were, we thought it would be a good marketing platform for us. But we also did think you know maybe because at the time when we started it we were at about thirty thousand followers. You know, we thought it would be it would be good for the independent wrestlers as well. Mm-hmm. Some guys who are a little lesser known. Like I hadn't, I'll be honest. I hadn't even heard of Warhorse before we did the tournament. Yeah, you know, and he won it. No, so um, you know they got some good exposure, I think, and a lot of them have came back and told us that. That's that's great that you're helping out the community like that because yeah, indie wrestlers do not get that exposure. I'm not going to say I'm the biggest mark, you know, and I follow independent wrestling at all. Uh, I usually just stick with you know WWE or you know WCW back in the day, AEW now. Um, so I don't know all these like little smaller promotions. But uh, one guy I do follow, his name is Simon Miller, and that's who yep. I think Warhorse beat out. And I yep. was just like, oh, damn, that'd been awesome to have Simon Miller on there, you know, because I yeah. follow him on YouTube and everything like that. I'd be like, that's awesome. Well, you never know because uh, we still we've already signed one of the other Indie Mania guys. We haven't announced them yet. Um, so, you know, if, if we do well, we want to sign more of them. They were just so great to us. They really promoted the hell out of everything. So. You know, as as if we can afford to, and our game takes off, we definitely want to get more of those guys involved. Yeah, so I was going to give props to your uh, your social media guy because I saw this gif of like this the the cage match where the cage drops down and it like yep. surrounds the ring, and I was like, oh my god, that is so fucking cool! <laughs> like that is so cool. I need that in my life. What, yeah. What kind of uh, gimmick matches are they're going to be in the game? So for now we have for the match types, you know, you obviously have singles tag, we have six man tag, eight man tag. We're calling a retro rumble. Okay. Um, so it's similar to a Royal rumble, but all the, all the options are user definable, uh, as far as time limit between entrants, how many people can be in the ring at once and all that stuff. Uh, we also have a three way match, you know, every triple threat, uh, four way dance, um story mode and then each match can be if it's a tag match it can be a normal or an elimination match you can always uh in any match you have you can determine if falls count anywhere if there's a count out if there's not a count out and then we have two types of cages right now the big blue from the original WrestleFest or wwf and then the old uh old-fashioned chain link fence that was mostly used in the nwa oh, that's awesome that is awesome yeah and that's little- we just we just are testing now cage matches now, which is one of the last things we have to add uh, to the actual overall gameplay is until it, we go into to pure polish mode. Is it really difficult to uh, program that? Like, because you're like bounce people off the sides of the cage and stuff, right? Yeah. So one of the things we, you know, the original WrestleFest game, the only thing they did with the cage was if you did an Irish whip instead of the guy coming back, you just hit the cage. Oh, okay. And that was the extent of the interaction. So we've added where you can, you know, mash the guy's head into it like uh, like they actually do. You know, you can climb in and out of it. Um, and we're trying to think of any other creative ways we can use the cage um, that, you know, most of it's taken from wrestling. But uh, but, you know, anything else we can do with that cage. Yeah. I mean, that'd and be- that, now and then, you know, for 
uh, other match types. Uh, we would love to add future stuff going forward. Okay, so you guys are planning on like DLC packs, maybe if if the game is successful and there's you know a need for or want for it to add different uh, you know match types. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you going to have right now? Sixteen wrestlers at launch, or is it the 12? number? It's between. I keep the standard line is between twelve and sixteen. So um, we're definitely over twelve. I can say that. So the, the, it's going to come down to where we have different people working on the artwork, right? Mm-hmm. So eventually you'll get 16 for the whatever the you know the price of the game, which is the pre-order price is 24.99. So if you purchase you know the the game, you'll eventually get at least 16 wrestlers. Okay. Uh, whether they're all done by release is another another thing so we will probably have at least 14 wrestlers in the game at when we release the game and then probably the next month we may add another one and then in the following month we may add the the 16th one and those won't be there'll be free dlc uh but we don't want to hold the game up if it's just to get the last two characters done however if we're still working on polished stuff Mm -hmm. they may be included at launch if we have to delay the launch a little bit but the the big thing for me is, you know, I don't answer to anybody else in this. There's no publisher. There's no um, investors I have to worry about. So if the game's not done, I'm not going to release it. All right. And that, that's awesome. That's a good good perspective to have. You want to release a well-polished game. You know, who cares if it has to be delayed a month or two or whatever. You know, right. wrestling fans want something that's good that they want to play. So let me talk about the wrestlers real quick. Are they all just... Um, are they original wrestlers or are these uh, licensed wrestlers? Like, are there going to be some with like original design or anything like that? So there, there's a chance, you know, we'll have two original ones. It just, there are generic test wrestlers that we've been using in a lot of screenshots. Mm-hmm. They're just a couple bald headed guys. Um, we actually had a newsletter, a bunch of uh, ideas submitted from the newsletter of what to name them. So, <laughs> you know, they'll probably either be unlockable or you can get them. But for the most part, it's going to be licensed wrestlers um from you know the 70s 80s 90s up through today so we have a big mix of the guys that we've announced so far like the road warriors all the way up to like jeff cobb and zach saber jr oh wow that's awesome so um yeah we have a we have a, a, a wide range of wrestlers and everything in between so that was done on purpose where we're constructing the roster we wanted to show this is the direction the game's going to go um, where you never know who might pop into Retromania. <laughs> so I know there's not a, um, or I, from the last time I checked, there's no creator wrestler option, but is there going to be like a edit a wrestler's attire or something like that? So we're going to have, um, at launch, no. I'll just give you the simple answer up okay. front. Uh, it's definitely something we are well aware of that people want to do, and it's something we want to add. Uh, in the future. So I have a huge laundry list of items of what would go into my perfect 2D wrestling arcade game. And we kind of had to prioritize that list and are, we're hyper-focused on getting the gameplay right. So we feel like as long as we can have a good base and foundation, we can add the rest of the stuff in as we go. And then we're kind of just going through the list and adding as much as we can. Um, and then at some point, we'll probably cut it off Mm-hmm. Um, so we will have though, we have instituted a, a, a system in place where you can easily like do different palette swaps. So different, easily change the in-ring attire just by changing a few colors. Mm-hmm. Um, initially we'll be defining them as the developers, but I, I don't see why we couldn't 
add a uh, you know create your own uh, ring attire as far as a color swap goes would be something pretty easy to add in there. Same with like rings and things like that. So it's definitely something we're aware of that we want to add. Uh, it's just a matter of how long you know if we if we add everything we want to the game will never come out. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. Is there like an option to uh, uh, switch, like instead of like Johnny Retro's name, you could switch it to something else, like on the fly, and kind of edit the name like that? Or is there no option for that? There isn't right now, but the way we've designed all the text in the game, that's something we could probably pretty easily add because we do are planning for doing translations. Okay, so we wanted to make sure all the text in the game was easily swapped out. So, that'd be so cool. it's like, definitely, we have the system, we have the background in place to be able to do that. I, I just want to know if I could put myself in the game. If I can't right, create right, right. my just character. Just rename somebody. Yep. <laughs> yeah, just pick the fat guy and be like, okay, yeah, that's good right there. <laughs> uh, is So when you were choosing your wrestlers, was there like a, a list that you had to go through and be like, ah, let's ask him or let's, we have too many wrestlers, let's get him out or something like that. Is like a way to whittle down the list at all or... Yeah, it's, and that was probably the hardest thing because I have so many guys I want to add. And, you know, some of the guys might not have been popular or not. Maybe I just liked them. You know what I mean? So you you tried to – and I did play that trump card. Some I just wanted in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really care <laughs> who, who was about that? sales. If you could you – know? who was that if you wanted to – that you wanted well, to – Well, no, I don't want to – it's not – I don't want to sound disparaging. But, for example, really early on before Jeff Cobb was in AEW. Mm-hmm. And he had just started in ROH. I loved his move set. I loved his look. I love that tour of the islands that he does, that power slam mm-hmm. thing. I just thought it was so smooth and so cool. And, you know, all the suplex he did, I'm like, I'm getting him in the game. Like, <laughs> I want him in the game. I don't care where he ends up. Now, it turned out in our favor because he ended up landing in AEW for a little bit. Um, and he's, he seems to be gaining in popularity. But that wasn't kind of, that was one of the ones where. I was just like, I don't care if he stops wrestling tomorrow. I want him in the game, you know? <laughs> yeah, I loved his moveset. So, uh, but for the most part, you know, we had a list and it's, and it's constantly changing even this week as far as, you know, we're starting to plan for DLC, hoping that we were successful at launch. And the the list had has gone through so many iterations. And, and it's like, who's available? Who will talk to us? Who Who we can afford? Who owns their name? you know, and, and can prove it. Um, cause there's a lot of that stuff, especially with some of the older guys who worked in the eighties and nineties. There's some questions about who owns the gimmick name and stuff like that. See, those things I wouldn't even think about. I wouldn't even have known that people don't even own their own names. Right. Right. <laughs> and we've, we almost got burnt cause one, one uh, group of guys said they did. And it turns out they didn't. Ah, man, that's gotta be rough. If you're like, building up everything for it and you're like ready to put them in the game and then all of a sudden they're just like oh we don't own it actually you're like well, yeah well it wasn't even them who told us it oh no oh <laughs> <laughs> well looks like you can't put them in the game yeah <laughs> so what's like uh so you have like a move set for each individual wrestler yeah. how, how many moves are they going to have per wrestler like uh signature moves i should say you know, we really tried. We before we did any animations, we basically put the guys in a spreadsheet. We knew what our move slots would be, so we know they have four weak grapple moves, four medium grapple moves, and four strong grapple moves, right? Mm-hmm. So without really even looking, because we had nothing done, we just said let's make their move sets. So there is pretty close to what they would do, like from beginning to end. Oh wow! 
So, you, do you do like now, pick, we've pixel obviously by, repeated or, a lot of of the weak moves? Like certain guys do drop kicks. We that's easy. We you can use the same animation for that. But like I got a I think in like Johnny Retro for example, Moonlight Drive is in there. Tilt the World DDT he does. Um, Starship Pain he does. Uh, I'm trying to. Th- there's there's a couple other ones that only he did. You know, um, oh, a break dance leg drop. Yeah, that guy's freaky athletic. One. He's just freaky athletic. It's yeah. unbelievable. So, so he, I mean, he alone. That's just four off the top of my head. And I may be missing some. Is that is he your? Does he have your favorite move set? He has one of the cooler move sets. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I'll give that. So it's funny. It's because like somebody like the Road Warriors, who their look is awesome, uh-huh. and the Doomsday Device. We obviously have that in the game, so that's an awesome move. Um, other than that, though, you know, they were more of power moves. And they didn't have a, a, a really a, a large number of move set, a big move set. Yeah, you know? they're definitely a little bit of bruisers, you know, like they're going to beat you up and it's not going to look cool, but it, right. it was effective. So, but one of the things we're doing is like for the specifically the Road Warriors, not that the, this can apply to anybody, but, you know, the old school where uh, we went back and I watched a lot of uh, a lot of old matches and just the simple tag team moves that they seem to do a lot like. One of them would tag the other. They'd do a double Irish whip into the ropes, and they'd do a double back elbow. Right? Okay, yeah. Nothing super flashy, but those are the kinds of moves that they did a lot, and those are the kind of moves we're putting in. So we're taking the the kind of the tag mechanic that was used in WrestleFest where if you tagged your partner while you had your opponent in a headlock, you would do like a jump off the top rope and hit him with an elbow while your opponent – or while your uh, partner held him in place. Oh, that's pretty cool. So the tag team wrestling actually is you have your own specific moves for that too. Correct. Yeah. So if I have if I have my guy in a headlock, I go and tag Hawk. Hawk jumps goes right on the top rope and I put him up on my shoulders and they do the doomsday device. That's that's pretty cool. You know, yeah. I'm getting more and more excited about this. <laughs> like, yeah, so you know, we have you know, we have we have a handful of double team moves. They're like super complicated to code. Uh, what I've been told by my lead programmer. And he's like, this is going to take me three days. I'm like, I don't care. Take three days then. Yeah. Because it looks cool. Um, you know, it's a different kind of approach on how to do tag moves. Um, and I, I think it just, they, they, they look really cool. So have you, uh, now that we're in uh national quarantine, nationwide quarantine have you been catching up on a lot of old matches because like uh yeah i've been sitting down with my wife and i'm like all right honey today we're gonna be watching macho man versus hogan wrestlemania 5 and then you know like going through all these iconic matches um and then i just started watching like dark side of the ring and so i was just like now's the perfect time to actually walk through all these storylines so like what are your some of your favorite matches oh all time so i remember like i grew up First stuff I started watching was NWA. Okay. So, you know, I remember, and mostly I didn't get the pay-per-views. I didn't really, my parents didn't really take me. I've only been to a handful of shows in my life, but uh, they would show clips on TV of stuff. And I remember watching Magnum TA win the U.S. championship from Wahoo McDaniel uh, in a cage match. Um, Like Starcade, I remember the Night of the Skywalkers sticks out in my head when the Midnight Express uh, fought the road wars, but you know, I also, I remember watching WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. I, I rented that at not, you know, live, but when it came out on video, it was like, a, I think it was like four VHS tapes or something oh, absurd <laughs> like that. And uh, I remember watching that, um, 
my friend, the the Royal Rumble that Ric Flair won, I think that was like 92. Yeah, something like that, 92, 93. The 92, where he's uh, with a tear in my eye. Yeah. <laughs> this is the greatest day of my life, or whatever he said. It's like, yeah. I, I had a friend of mine had a party, and we pulled names out of a hat, and we all put in a little bit of money. And whatever name you got is if they won it, you won the pot. So like I remember specifically remember 1992. I think I was a I want to say I was a junior. I was a junior in high school at the time. But you know WrestleMania five was like a Hogan Warrior. That was a good match. You know I remember that. You can always the de facto one is you know Steamboat and uh, and Savage. But I've recently over this break I've gone and I've watched like Steamboat Flair matches. You know which I have were to, really good as well. Yeah, I mean I got into wrestling a little bit later on. Um, like, I don't even remember the formation of the NWO, like, all that well. Um, And I didn't have cable growing up, so it was kind of okay. hard. Like, I was watching more SmackDown whenever that was on TV. Right. Or, like, whatever it was on Saturday mornings. But, like, D, whenever DX was big is when I really started watching it. So, like, my viewership is, like, later on in the 90s. So I do want to go back and actually watch some, you know, good flare matches or – um you know, like anything from the from the late '80s or even early '80s and onward, because like I missed out even on like I missed out on Surfer Sting and like all those, <laughs> you know, all those other ones. And I'm like, oh man, I really wish I was there. You know, I really wish I was older so I could have remembered these things. Right. Yeah. Check out if you if you have the WWE Network, Clash of the Champions. Uh, there are some good matches on those. Clash of the Champions. So I'm gonna have to go yeah. back and watch some old yeah. stuff, man. Some Roddy Piper's uh, Roddy Roddy Piper and stuff like that. Oh yeah, he was amazing. So all right, I guess we'll be uh, we'll close out here, and I'll give you one question, and I want to know who's on your wrestling Mount Rushmore. That's so tough. I'll, I'll you know I'll Does, give you mine. I'll give you mine just to start, just to make it easier okay. for you, so I get all the hate. Got to have Macho Man on there. You got to have Ric Flair on there. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And my fourth is my favorite wrestler, The Undertaker. I think you have to have him on there. And that's uh, a good list. You know, I, it's kind of hard to to you mess gotta, it. Up. I don't know. I would disagree without having Hogan on. Yeah, <sighs> you know, I was going back between Macho Man <laughs> and Hogan, and I and I think uh, once you get older, like when you're a kid, you love Hulk Hogan, and then once you grow up, and you're like, ah, oh, more of a Macho Man guy. And, Plus, I've been watching so many Macho Man promos <laughs> like the past two months. I was just like, this is great. Yeah, I guess it depends on what the criteria is for the, you know, is it the most, just the four guys you like the most? Or is it the, is it the, you know, the most uh, biggest impact on the industry? I, uh, I guess that's up to you. Man. I guess that would be <laughs> that Mount Rushmore is up to you then, man. I Because mean, I think, you know, I could give you the, the top four, I think, impact on the industry. You, you just go, it's probably, it's Hogan, Flair, Stone Cold, Rock are the four biggest impacts on the industry, I would say. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's almost, but they're not my four favorite by any means. So who are your four favorite then? All right, so, oof, this is tough. <laughs> Mr. Perfect is one of my favorites. Okay, all right. All time. I loved them. I hated them. But uh, since, you know, looking back, I really love them. See, that's another one. I got to I gotta go back and watch the Mr. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, know, I, I have mean, to go it, back and watch it. It's great. Um, see, I, I. No pressure whatsoever. Man, this is so tough. <laughs> Honky Tonk. 
Honky Tonk Man. Okay. So that see the era I'm talking. This is all the same era, and it's funny. It's the same era as WrestleFest. Uh, Honky Tonk should have been in WrestleFest too, but um, <laughs> you know that that era of, uh, and I would say Hogan and Piper. Okay, Hogan, Piper, Honky Tonk, and what was the first one? And Mr. Mr. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. All right. Because I think, you know, growing up, you know, Hogan, I loved as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Piper, I hated as a kid. Perfect, I hated. And Honky Tonk Man, I hated. But they elicited the most. I hate, I mean, I hated the Honky Tonk Man so much. (laughs) I like, somebody's got (laughs) to kick his ass. And I think those four elicited the most emotion out of me. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mr. Perfect was so condescending and, you know. And, and all that. And I just couldn't stand it. You know, I couldn't stand them. And that's those four really. And Hogan, I was just all about when I was younger. Like I'm talking about 10 years old. Uh, and Piper, I thought was like evil. You, yeah. <laughs> so see, I love, I love uh, heels. I don't know. I'm like, I'm always like a big, uh, like I love the bad guy, you know, like I love Scott Hall, you know, just cause he's oh, just yeah. a big asshole. And it's just like awesome. Just to root for the bad guy. I don't know why. Yeah, I think mine are more based on the emotion I remember as a kid. It's more of a nostalgic feeling because all those guys I watched, I was probably 13 or 14 years old, if not younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that, those are the strongest probably memories I have. I've enjoyed, definitely enjoyed like Sting was awesome too. And, you know, I liked Flair, but it, I would say those guys just like I, I wanted to see them either win or lose more than anybody else. No, I was just going to say, the one, I remember the genius and perfect stealing Hogan's belt on Saturday night's main event, or the main event. I forget which one it was, but I remember watching that and then breaking the championship belt and just like hating Mr. Perfect for doing that. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. I don't know if I've ever gotten that mad at a wrestling, like when growing up watching wrestling. I don't know. I think because I grew up in the Attitude Era, so it was much right. different. You know, it was like a right. different yeah. vibe. Yeah. Like everyone was popular. It is crazy to think about. Like everybody was popular. He, yeah, they didn't faces. have like you didn't have the the like Barry. I'm probably going to name names you may not even know, but there's Barry O and Barry Horowitz who pat himself on the back and and the Brooklyn Brawler and these guys who were you know the enhancement talent who never won a match but made the other guys look so good. Yeah. No, the, the you know jobbers don't get. And I don't know if jobber is not the correct term to use but they don't get enough respect like that's what i absolutely that's one thing like growing up now or i guess not growing up but being older now like you really respect that guy that that can make the other person look good you know right and that's like the hidden art of wrestling that's why uh sean michaels is so good and even now like dolph ziggler is that good because the way they sell and that's why i love rick flair you know because he sells like he can you know he can sell with the best of them so right and that's the best part about it but um, so Retromania, it's coming out when? This year, sometime summer? Yep. So July is the is the target date right now, uh, July 14th specifically. Uh, now, are we going to hit that? We'll see. We'll see what, you know, I have like two months to basically decide. We have to get it into to the, the manufacturers, or not the manufacturers, but the um, we have to get it into the e-shops for approval at least a month ahead of time. So we have to submit it by June 14th. So I'll know in probably the next six to eight weeks whether or not we're going to hit that date. And it's still possible. 
we've made a lot of progress the last couple weeks, um, even since we got back from PAX. So, uh, but right now it's available for pre-order for the Switch in on Steam on our our uh, website right now, RetromaniaWrestling.com. Uh, it's a five dollar uh, five dollars off for the pre-order. We'll be we'll be in all the e-shops thirty days before launch for pre-order as well. Awesome, and then it is coming to uh, PlayStation and Xbox as well later on. Yeah, uh, all at once. Oh, okay. Uh, we can only do pre-orders due to legal reasons, the way the other uh, company's uh, service agreement is. Okay. We can only do pre-orders for Steam and Switch right now. But we'll be on Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and Steam at all the on launch day. Nice, man. I can't wait to pick this game up. I'm really excited for this. I haven't played a good wrestling game in a long time, so I'm really excited about this. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working hard on it. <laughs> Awesome, man. Thanks, Mike, for coming on. I appreciate taking your time to talk to me today. Nope. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. No problem. You've been listening to Power Gauntlet. Be sure to follow us on social media and visit frozengorillas.com for all of your Power Gauntlet and Blue Light special merch.